Kenny Pickett and the Steelers offense have been looking sharper and sharper throughout training camp, and that had an exclamation point to it with the way they practiced on Tuesday. We'll talk about our observations there, including clips from Kenny Pickett himself talking about the offense's progress. Also, some questions about the defensive stars, the Steelers, and how they've been in training camp and talking about the new linebackers they've brought in and how they've looked. All that and more here on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's podcast, The North Shore Drive. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato coming at you. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You, As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. We are a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, but we have daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, including daily training camp reports from, in fact, Ray Fittipato, who does quite a few of them, who's right here on the show with me today. We also got Brian Bat- Badco, Jerry Dulek. We also talk all things Pittsburgh sports from Pitt to Pirates, to, to Penn State, to Penguins, all things here on, on the Post-Gazette Sports Channel. So subscribe wherever you can to get your daily fix. But we're talking Steelers today. And, and Ray, as you wrote in your observations, again, the offense looked dominant out there. And I I can't think of the last time off the top of my head I saw a, a Steelers offense look dominant in practice or game. Well, Chris, I, I know you've been to training camp uh, pretty much every day the last two years, like I have been. I can't remember either side winning six to one in seven shots. I mean, maybe yeah. that happens once a camp, but it happened today for the offense, and they were really good. And then it happened again in third and one. They, they did seven plays uh, with third and one situations in the middle of practice. And uh, they were five and two. And Kenny ran four of those. I forget the split, but I want to say Kenny was three and one on those. And then again, at the end of practice, Chris, goal line situation, seven uh, plays from the two-yard line, five to two win again for the offense. So, um, you know, it's been talked about. We haven't really seen the fruits of the labor, but coaches believe they're on the come. They think the offense is going to be much better this year. And I think today was maybe a sign of that. Now, let's see what happens in Tampa Bay Friday night. Let's see what happens in the weeks after that. But I think we're starting to see the first signs of this offense maybe taking those baby steps that they're going to need to take for the Steelers to become a playoff contender this year. It's the big thing that everyone's been waiting to see is can they make can they make those those steps happen? We asked Kenny Pickett a little bit after practice. Hey, it's the first time I believe he's spoken at practice officially uh, since he arrived at camp. But here was Kenny Pickett on the field after that dominant Tuesday practice. What do you feel like is the biggest difference you've seen in this offense now that it's time to get ready for a real game? I think we're, we're definitely taking more shots down the field. I think, you know, everyone here has seen that. Um, we're more consistent in the red zone. You know, it's been great to see how competitive we've been in seven shots and win a lot of the drills and, and the red zone stuff. So um, our defense is, is top notch. So when you're, when you're having a little bit of success for them, you know, I hope we'll fare all right in the season. Um, but, you know, we got to take it when we get time. Kenny, when it comes to those downfield opportunities, how much more of that is you recognizing those open opportunities downfield versus maybe new stuff that's drawn up? I'd say a little bit of both. I think it's both. You know, Coach did a great job adding some things. Coach Canada and, you know, we're down up in practice and, 
Um, I feel like we, the things that we added are working really well out here, and I'm, I'm glad that we have them in the system. We took some things out. So I feel like we ironed out all the things we wanted to do, and we came out here, and we're, we're having some success, some success with it. So I just want to continue that, and uh, we'll see what happens. How much of a difference in the chemistry with your wide receivers this year compared to last year? I think it's a pretty big difference. Um, you know, having an offseason, having a spring and an early summer, um, all the reps that I'm getting is just for the guys I would be playing with. Where last year I had zero going into when I started playing. So I feel a lot more comfortable with these guys and the timing and the rhythm of the pass game is good over the Kenny, what things are slowing down so that you're able to win in the red zone and the goal line a lot more because you've been doing that a lot? Yeah, um, I'd just say recognition pre-snap, you know, understanding my answers and what I have, you know, available to me, being able to signal certain things and change stuff at the line. Just doing a lot more than I did last year. You know, I feel like, you know, feel really comfortable with the system and I'm getting towards that ownership aspect, which I've, you know, been pushing for. So uh, right there, I think that ownership is part, is a big part of it, but you can kind of see Kenny Pickett, not necessarily thinking through a play, but just instinctively reacting and going through what the Steelers have been practicing a lot faster. And I think that's a big key for them, for him to, to recognize things in the red zone, because that to me has been the biggest part that they needed to improve their offense on. Yes, they need to generally move the ball better. Yes, they need to run block and all that other stuff throughout, but they needed to finish drive. They were one of the worst red zone offenses last year. And if they had just a little bit of a boost there, they could have been a, a, a better offense that finished drives more often and at least what we've seen, and I think this even kind of stems back to Friday Night Lights because that was the first time I believe that they won back-to-back uh, seven shots was that Friday and that Saturday. And there's been a little bit of a confidence boost, uh, you know, from this offense over the past several practices. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- this offense um, has really improved since since the season, uh, since last season ended. You know, you, you see what they've installed in the spring and uh, now they've, what they've installed in training camp, and it's like night and day. Um, I don't want to make too much of, of what they've done here in practices, but um, you could just see the confidence in Kenny Pickett just orchestrating at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, when I, what I thought he said about the chemistry with his receivers, I think that's key. You go back to training camp last year, he's working with guys who weren't even on the practice squad, honestly. Maybe one or two of those guys made the practice squad, but, you know, he, he was down there with the third team, later with the second team, and uh, he just wasn't getting quality reps with, with the starters, uh, the guys he was throwing to by mid-October. That's flipped now. You know, he's had an entire offseason to throw to those guys, and you could see it. I think there's a really nice chemistry developing there with uh, Allen Robinson. We've all seen what um, George Pickens has been doing. I think Deontay Johnson – um, is going to be really good too. So when you add that element to it, the ownership, um, what he talked about, the chemistry, I think it's it's all building towards, um, you know, they're not going to be a juggernaut, Chris, but it's all building towards what I think will be a much improved offense here in 2023. One thing I think that has also been interesting is that we've seen some of the trickeration that the Steelers have really wanted to um, – get uh get kind of into their offense and it was kind of being talked about a little bit by ryan clark right during the because he was there so ryan clark was there visiting for the pivot podcast fred taylor was there but when they were doing their 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 seven shots and their goal line ryan clark was just barking and barking and barking and saying oh the offense they're trying to they there was one play where i think they 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 faked they they 
you know, kind of tricked them into a fullback dive for Kendrick Green. By the way, he's been doing that, and that's been ridiculous to watch. But he just barrels into the end zone, and they're catching them off guard. They caught him off the play action and hitting Jalen Warren for an easy touchdown. And Ryan Clark was like, you're using all this misdirection and all this other stuff. But it was working. And that's something that we hadn't seen a whole lot of from Canada's offense was the misdirection actually coming to fruition and actually working before it looked like, oh, well, it's just discoordinated or or uncoordinated. What have you thought about how maybe some of the tricks they've been trying to set up have actually started to come forward? (laughs) I don't care how they get in the end zone, Chris, as long as they get in the end zone. Right. I think a lot of that Ryan Clark stuff today was, was a big show. You know, he's, he's a media personality now. Um, Go back to the Super Bowl and the misdirection that the chiefs created was sort of that motion, fake jet motion, two wide open touchdowns in that game against the Eagles, and they win the Super Bowl. So in the end, Chris, it doesn't matter how you get there, just as long as you you get in the end zone. And I, I'll go back. This was five years ago maybe when Mike Munchak was, was here. So I want to say 2018, 2017-ish, uh, I was doing a story on um, goal-to-go situations and just some of the struggles – that the Steelers were having down there. And Mike Munchak said that's the hardest place to score is when you're on the one or two yard line, just because your options are so limited in the passing right. game. And everyone thinks you got to get a fullback in there. You got to hammer it with power, but that's just not the way it works. You know, those defenses are really in tune to that. Um, they're, they're geared to stopping those sorts of plays. And sometimes you do have to use misdirection or quote unquote, trick them so again i don't have an issue with it if their red zone numbers are better this year fans won't have an issue with it but like i said i think it was a big show today for ryan clark i think he was he was here and he's trying to um you know sort of prop up his brand and that's the end of that you know I, I hear you on that. I want to talk to you uh, about some of the star players on defense and how they've been doing in training camp. We'll do that here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, stick with us. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh, where there's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give us a call at 866-593-1560, and they'll d- discuss your project further. That's 866- 6-6-5-9-3-15-60 to talk to Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh and get started on planning on your new Windows and Doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're here with Ray Fittipaldo. We've both been watching training camp diligently. And one thing you and I talked about a little bit before coming on camera was the defensive stars that we're normally used to seeing be defensive stars haven't been defensive starry. Now, Minka Fitzpatrick kind of gets the pass because he was missing for most of camp. Not missing, he was excused. I want—I just I should correct myself there. And he's back now, and he's working with the defense and everything. But between him, Cam Hayward, and T.J. Watt, they haven't been the loud, you know, creators of camp that they've been. I mean, even just last year, T.J. Watt would dominate training camp. I mean, he would just abuse everyone in his path, and just—you saw the force that he was. On you know you know that that we'd see in live NFL games in practice, 
Ray, he hasn't been that in training camp. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, making that up. That's not, that's a real observation. You know, he's been there, he's been active and he's taken vet days off and everything. But do you think that that's just maybe the Steelers are telling him to chill out a little bit? Or do you think that there might be something there that maybe TJ wants that his injuries last year are maybe hindering him somehow still? No, I don't think it's that. I, I think when it's time to turn it on, I think TJ Watt is fully capable of turning it on. And I think the same goes for Cam Hayward um, and for Minka too. You know, I watched Cam Hayward um, in one-on-one reps probably a week ago against Isaac Sayamalu, and he just pushed Sayamalu back into the quarterback. So, you know, we're not going to see it every single rep um, during team periods. Um, And look what happened last year, uh, Chris. Uh, You know, TJ was full go during these practices. He was – Batten passes down. He was all over the place. Um, he gets injured in the preseason. He's not himself going into the regular season. And then he gets hurt again. You know, he tears his peck, um, you know, in the fourth quarter of that first game in Cincinnati. So no one cares um, in the end what T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward or Micah Fitzpatrick look like in August as long as they perform in September. And I haven't seen anything to this point that suggests – any of those guys, because listen, they're all long in the tooth now. You know, Cam is 34. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ is what, 28, 29. Minka's probably the baby of the bunch, but he's uh, he's getting up there into his prime years as well. We all know that uh, there's going to be a cliff at some point for all of those guys, but I'm not ready to say that about any of those three yet. I think when it comes time, they're going to turn it on and they'll be just fine. So, I mean, actually, I'm in the same camp as you. Not just T.J. Watt, but remember Najee Harris was hurt to start last season. Alex Highsmith also suffered a preseason injury and Friday Night Lights, in fact, last year. And that carried over into questioning, would he even be ready for week one? And, you know, he was obviously ready to play, but maybe that hindered his performance. And I think that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, about how they wanted to manage, they, they don't want to start slow this year. And part of starting slow last year, they won the first game, but once they were missing TJ Watt and then Najee Harris wasn't as strong of a runner as you were, as they were expecting to start last season. Once all those things came away, they were finding it. But once they became a problem, it was something that they just could, could not overcome. And I think that they are mindful of how, of how that, how that's worked and they want to protect their superstars. And you're right. Cam Hayward's a guy like Cam Hayward doesn't have anything to prove. In fact, none of these guys really have anything to prove in training camp other than that. They're still going to be elite playmakers. Um, And and you're right. I don't think TJ wants anywhere near falling, you know, know, a a plateau or a cliff in his career. I think that he is in in a spot where he could still keep, getting better um, and, uh, and and being a playmaker. I think Mika Fitzpatrick is along the same lines. But, you know, I noticed people kind of like, you know, asking like, hey, what, where are they in training camp? Because all of our training camp approaches have been George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Joey Porter Jr., guys like that. And I was like, I understand asking that question, especially if you're not there. But I, I thought it would be important for us to kind of paint the picture and give some perspective as people who've been covering training camp all throughout um, as far as how things have worked and why the, they might not be making nearly as much noise as some of the younger players in training camp. Yeah, I would say I, I would use the word deliberate in Tomlin's approach to preparing all these guys. You know, there I, I don't know that there's a – formula that they have in place, but it seems like every third or fourth day, TJ's not practicing, Cam's not practicing, Sayamalu's not practicing. So 
I do think there is something to saving those guys and getting them ready for the season. And say whatever you want about the old preseason format, but there was a rhythm to it. You used to have four games, then you used to have like the long weekend, and then you would jump right into your your game week. You know, there was like only like a a nine-day stretch between that last preseason game and your opener. This new format, three preseason games, then you're like, what, almost two weeks until your first game? It's a little bit, it's a little bit um, uh, different just in terms of the rhythm. So maybe the Steelers were trying to figure that out last year. It's the same schedule this year. Maybe they feel like they're going to approach it in a different way and maybe see if they can have a little bit better luck with their start. But nobody's really talking about that. But that long gap after that final preseason game until the opener, that's a long time. I, I think anyone that they want to rev up and get ready for the season at that point, guys like TJ, Cam, all that, they'll have plenty of time to get ready um, once September gets here. I'm I'm right with you there. I think that that's the pace that we're going. And like you said, we'll get to see, well, maybe not some of those, maybe not some of the stars, but we'll get to see more of the actual action once preseason gets rolling here Friday in Tampa Bay as they take on the Buccaneers. So stay tuned with that. I want to talk to Ray about the linebackers that they've brought in because they have been turning some heads. They have been making some noise in training camp. I'll get Ray and our perspective uh, here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on that in just a minute. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at GameTime.co, where buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful because GameTime is an app that's safe and easy to use and fast to buy tickets for all your favorite sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, then their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're about to have. The Game Time app allows you to book tickets at the last minute if you didn't plan for it in advance. And if you didn't if you, if you didn't think, think, oh, I couldn't go to this event, guess what? You can if you download the Game Time app right to your phone right now because Game Time gives you exclusive flash deals on, a, on any event. We're talking football games. Want to go to Steelers games? Want to go to Pirates games? Penguins games? Uh, you know, pit, pit basketball games, concerts, comedy, theater events, anything like, like that, Game Time will help you get in there with great deals. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets to that same event in the same section and row for less on a different app or service, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference in those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account by using code P-I-T-T-PIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code P-I-T-T-PIT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, talking all things Steelers here from training camp. Uh, Ray, another thing that's, that's popped up in training camp is the linebackers are making plays. And they're not like, you know, crazy Ryan Shazier interception plays, but they're hitting in the hole. They're running all over the field. They're breaking up passes here and there. And that's not something I think Steelers fans have been used to seeing from the linebacker position over the past few years. Um, and it's kind of, I think it's a very welcome thing to see. You have Cole Holcomb, who's I think is, is the best three down linebacker option that they've got. And I think that he has lived up to the hype of his free agent signing. You got Landon Roberts, who is just physical in the hole. He can't, when he brings it, he brings it as does Quan Alexander, who is not afraid to bring it either. And he's also shown some really good athleticism and helping in pass coverage. Ray, 
What is the pecking? What have you seen out of these linebackers? What is the pecking order that you think will be when it comes to the Steelers doling out snaps to these guys? Yeah, quick story first before we, we get into that. One of the few times the defense won in short yardage today, Landon Roberts blew up a Zach Gentry uh, quarterback sneak mm-hmm. um, in the third and one situation. He shot the gap. You know, uh, Matt Cano thought he was going to trick him. Gentry comes in motion, gets under center. It takes a snap and boom. Uh, and Landon Roberts meets him two yards in, in the backfield. Also, in the one-on-one tackling drills, and Landon Roberts took one rep. Um, forget who he, was, who he was going against. I think number 26, Anthony McFarlane. Roberts gets him to the ground, and Mike Tallman says to Aaron Curry, get him out of the drill. I don't want him doing it anymore. So, again, what we were just talking about, the pacing, you know, air mailing these guys to the season so they're healthy, that's part of it, okay? Now, as far as the pecking order goes, I agree with you, Holcomb is your best three-down option. Um, I love how he is, is able to cover the flat. He's really good in that respect. He, he's a good communicator, and he, get good, he gets good reads in the passing game. So I, I think that's a big part of the equation there. I don't know if the Steelers – inside linebackers the last couple of years were really good at reading and dissecting. I think Holcomb is good at that. Um, I think Roberts is your your thumper. And to be honest with you, I don't know where Alexander fits in. I, I think yeah. – I agree with you. I think he's been he, – he's noticeable out there, but he was also 0 for 3 in tackling reps today in the one-on-one period. So he had trouble getting guys on the ground. So I'm, I'm not going to judge the guy – based off one period, but, um, you know, I, I think he's definitely the guy who has to knock somebody off their perch to get more more snaps. So, um, you know, I think they'll go into the season with Holcomb and Roberts as their top two, but I don't think they'll be afraid to make a move if somebody struggles because Quan Alexander has a very good re- resume. And I think in time, with the opportunity, he could p- perform uh, very good as well. I think he could. I, I've honestly been impressed by all three of them. And I, I've also been impressed by Mark Robinson. I don't want to leave him out of this picture. I thought he's been really solid. I still think he's the fourth option um, and, and that he's going to still need, a, I think, another year before he's, you know, been throw th- gets thrown into those ranks. But I mean, he Cole Holcomb, he can't, exactly. He can't cover. And, and if, if he, if he can't learn how to cover, he's not, it won't, it won't matter if it's another year, he needs right. to learn how to help in that regard. But all three of these guys, you know, I'd say if I was to rank them as far as coverage-wise, I'd go Holcomb, Alexander, then Roberts. But if I was to rank them as far as run-stuffing-wise, I think I'd still go Holcomb, but then Roberts, then Alexander. Um, and I think that's the priority that the Steelers have to sort out, right? How much do they want to stuff the run versus how much do they want to stop stop the pass? And what? how do they work in the different packages where each of them are part of the, what the op, what the defense is trying to do and what they want to counter week to week with the various offenses that they'll face. That's not an easy thing to do. And as, as much as X's and O's are part of the, are part of the scheming. So is the usage of the right personnel. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you said it perfectly in certain weeks, Chris, it's going to boil down to matchups and there may be weeks where the Steelers face, um, you know, teams that are better with their receivers or their tight ends or their running backs. And Quan Alexander will be a better option than Landon Roberts, say, against teams that uh, can't run the ball or haven't run the ball very well. I, I definitely think you could see that. So, yeah, that's the, the way the NFL is today. Um, we got get caught up in depth charts and, 
you know, who starts and all that. But in the end, it's a chess match. You got to find the right pieces to, um, you know, make adjustments each, each and every week. And, you know, I think the Seahawks are well equipped to do that this year. They have a lot of depth at a lot of important positions. And I think that'll benefit them as the season progresses. I, I agree, Ray. It's going to be a big piece that they have to really work with. And also, you know, how does Keanu Neal factor into this? Because they brought him in to kind of be the extra safety line. You know, how often do they want to deploy this? All of those things are going to be very important to how the Steelers run their defense. And again, what's I think really beneficial to the Steelers, and this kind of ties back to our original point of starting of, of this podcast episode, or no, excuse me, not the original point, the last segment. But when we were talking about the defensive stars, this team is built on T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith getting pressure off the edge, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi dominating the, the middle part of the, the line of scrimmage, Make of Fitzpatrick making in the interceptions, they're trusting Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, and Joey Porter Jr. to make plays on the outside. The linebackers, all they got to do is stuff the run and don't be complete liabilities in the pass game. They do that. They are extremely valuable to this defense because they are just not a weakness, and they are part of a bigger puzzle that – that offenses are going to have to figure out. And I think that 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 is all you need from them. But if they are very good at those elements, it makes this, it gives this defense the true potential to be elite this year. And as, as excited as everyone is for the offense, we're talking about Kenny Pickett and the red zone and the scoring and all that other stuff. This defense still needs to be elite for this team to be able to go out there and compete, make the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game this, this year. That's where I think this needs to be. But, again, the linebackers, you're not asking too much. I don't think you're asking too much of them to get there, but it's the thing is they've been not asking too much of their linebackers for the past few years, and it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, Chris, I'm sure we're going to have a nice little preview on Friday morning of the game against the Buccaneers. I think a lot of Steelers fans, if you haven't made it out to camp yet or if you haven't seen the online videos of of the camp practices, um, you're going to be pleasantly surprised by what you see out of Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander. I think, you know, based on what they've been really since Ryan Shazier left and what they could be now, I think what they are with these three guys when they're playing well, it's going to be a complete um, 180 in terms of what you're used to seeing in the middle of that defense. Absolutely. We'll have a lot more coming coming your way uh, on, on the North Shore Drive podcast and from the, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as far as getting you ready for that game. I'll talk with Brian Batko on Friday, giving you a final preview of what to expect from, from that game, matchups to, to consider, and who's going to play where. All that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast. And, of course, all of our regular content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where we keep you updated from training camp as well as all things Pittsburgh sports. He's Ray Fittipato. I'm Chris Carter. We're for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks again for tuning in to the North Shore Drive podcast. Remember, we are one Monday. Wednesday, Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Thanks again for enjoying the show. We'll see you again Friday, getting you ready for the Steelers' first preseason game. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. 